0: If all these stories have you wanting to go on your own adventure, and you don't want to spend a ton of money, and you don't want to take a ton of time away from work and family, I highly encourage you to check out Lost Travel Company. They do trips all over the country, everything from biking to rafting to kayaking, hiking, etc. And on each trip, there's an official start line and an official finish line, but getting between locations is totally up to you. However you want to do it, however you want to carry your gear, it's a total free-for-all in between, and, and, and it is a group trip, but they're very small groups. Uh, so you get to know people, but you can also easily practice social distancing. So a lot of the trips are still happening. And like I said, uh, they're very affordable, very easy to get out and go do, because they have figured out a lot of the logistics for you, but it still leaves so much room for adventure to happen. And with each trip, they give back 5% of the total trip as a donation to the area where the trip is happening. So if you'd like to find out more, go to lost.travel and use the code Adventure Sports for 10% off any of the trips listed. If you're suffering from stress, anxiety, lack of sleep, inflammation, pain management, kind of like I am pretty much all the time, I highly encourage you to check out cocanacare.com. And that's C-O for Colorado. It's a Colorado-based company. Canna, C-A-N-N-A, care.com. They make incredible CBD oil that's derived from all natural, high quality industrial hemp. It's legal in all 50 states and is USDA certified 100% organic. And there's absolutely no THC content in the oil. It's non-GMO and contains no heavy metals or pesticides. They've been gracious enough to help support us during this time. So if you're wanting to try CBD oil for any of those reasons I mentioned and a lot more on their website, I highly encourage you just to give it a shot. Check it out. Go to cocanacare.com. And again, and that's C-O for Colorado, C-A-N-N-A care.com. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we hear stories of adventure from every corner of the planet. We interview all sorts of folks who are using their sport to explore the world around them and give you the inspiration you need to get out there and have some fun. Hey
1: everyone, before we jump into today's show... I know that podcasters listen to podcasts and I want to remind you that I have started a new company called Pod Divi. and Pod Divi is about supporting independent media, podcasters like you, by providing ad revenue and you don't have to have a huge show to get ads through Pod Divi. We can make that work for the pre-huge shows. So go to Poddivi.com to learn more information. You can contact me there. Thanks for listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast, and thank you for checking out Poddivy. P-O-D-D-I-V-V-Y. Poddivy. Hey friends, Kurt Linville here. Thank you for listening to the Adventure Sports Podcast. You know, I am doing a few guest host episodes for Mason while he is out supporting a coast-to-coast bike ride. So anyway, I hope you don't mind, but a voice from the past again today. Today... I have Tyler Scott and Craig Payne with me from Hustle Bike Labs, and the subject is mountain biking, which of course you know is one of my favorite subjects on the planet, so we're going to have a ton of fun with it. Whether you like mountain biking or not, listen to this episode, because by the end we might have you convinced. But Craig grew up in Texas, somewhere near Lubbock, and his family was in the restaurant business, but he always loved the outdoors, and while he became a restaurant aficionado, he was never satisfied, and the outdoors finally dragged him out of that industry into the outdoor industry of biking. Tyler Scott is the co-founder with Craig of Hustle Bike Labs, and he grew up in Southern California. Um, He sold insurance, but again, same story. His family was really into motorcycles and racing, and he loved the outdoors, and insurance just wasn't cutting it for him. So He ended up co-founding Hustle Bike Labs with Craig, and now we have the two of them here to talk about uh, mountain biking. So welcome to the program, guys.
2: Thanks for having us, Kurt. Yeah, thanks, Kurt.
1: Yeah, you bet. So first, let's start with Craig. Um, Craig, just a little story about what dragged you out of the restaurant business into your current line of work.
3: Uh, Oh, anybody that's ever worked in the restaurant business, it's it's incredibly fun in a lot of ways. You know, you get to be creative and uh, it's, you're constantly moving. You know, you're not a sit down job. So don't sign up in the restaurant industry if you want to sit down jobs. That's not going to happen. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I love the science behind the, the food industry, as far as creating foods with smokes and different flavors and And, you know, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of parts of the restaurant business I enjoyed, but I always found, you know, peace of mind and just the excitement of being outdoors, you know, whether it be rock climbing, road biking, skiing, snowboarding, and then obviously mountain biking, which, you know, in the past ten years became my passion. And uh, so I, I just, man... I wanted to be in the outdoor industry and you know, by fate, which I'm sure we'll talk about at one point, was uh, that turning point, near death experience that <laughs> woke me up and and uh, and here we are in the outdoor industry and, and true, to be honest.
1: Well, right on, I want to talk about your near death experience and I have a parallel story too, so we'll come back to that in just a minute. But Tyler, what about you? from Southern California insurance salesman. Now there's a big leap from that to a co-founder of a mountain biking company.
2: Oh, I know it's so, I mean, really I can think back to, you know, a couple years ago when I first met Greg was just at the trail and he was talking about, you know, his idea with the pedal. And to me, I was just like, you know, that's brilliant. Why has nobody done that? And it was really that point that I was like super intrigued and I was just, you know, really excited, you know, for that pedal to come out. And I was still selling insurance at the time. And I continued on for about a year. And then I got to the point where, you know, I was traveling all over Texas, Oklahoma. And I was just like, you know what? I wanna I wanna pursue my passion. And that's when I really, you know, jumped on board with Craig and
3: Heck yeah.
2: you know, start to get the dream alive. So that's cool. Well, and we're going gonna...
3: to. I love riding with Ty because Ty's the best rider I've ever ridden with in my life. So, <laughs> and he, he makes me better. It makes me, it pushes me. You know, I, I'm still evolving as a mountain biker, and every day I ride with him, I get a little bit better, but I still can't catch him. So that's my lifelong dream is to beat him one day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, you guys were here a couple of weeks ago in Gunnison and you're in the Fort Worth area right now, but I got lucky enough to ride with you guys. And I have to agree, Craig, I'd like to be able to do a manual like Tyler does. That would be awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of steez, does
1: Yeah, man. That, it was a fun ride. It was really great to get to ride with you guys. Good time.
3: Thank, thank you for, allowing us to come on that. It was, uh, smiles for days.
1: Well, Hey, we have a little bit of writing here. That's kind of fun. So you guys are (laughs) always welcome. Of course.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Yes, we will. Hopefully it'll be permanent here.
1: So you, uh, you're in the greater Fort Worth area right now. So do you have plans to try to move this direction?
3: Uh, yes, we will headquarter in, uh, the sunny Gunny Valley.
1: Colorado. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So that might have had something to do with why you came here, not just to see me, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that was one but, of the reasons. Yeah, <laughs> you, you are definitely high on the list, Kurt. What Since we
1: met that day, I'm sure that was a big deal. <laughs> so, well, hey, let's, let's rewind a little bit. First of all, let's give them a teaser, Craig. Um, you sell a very special kind of mountain bike pedal, and we might as well tell the story Associated with how you came up with the idea, but then we won't dive into it until later. But the story's too good to pass up, so go for it.
3: Oh, okay. Well, back in 2015, I was, you know, riding one of the iconic trails in Moab. Uh, probably a trail you shouldn't be riding by yourself, and much less on a hot summer day. Uh, but I was doing the whole enchilada that day. Those familiar with Moab, the whole enchilada, they shovel you up to the LaSalle Mountains and then you just ride all these amazing single track iconic trails back into Moab. Well, I decided to take a little detour and there's one trail I've been watching on YouTube that I just had to see, touch and feel. Of course, when I got there, I was pretty wasted because, you know, the whole enchilada's 26, 27 miles. And Moab in the summer is pretty dead, brutal. The heat is, <laughs> it, it wears on you. But nonetheless, it was something I had to go see. So I end up jumping on this iconic trail, named the Portal, uh, by myself. Like I said, so I'm going through, and you know, adrenalines are going. It's it's a it's a crazy trail. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're scared of heights, then it's a trail you want to stay off of because the exposure is generally, you know, 200 feet plus Ooh. sheer cliff wall. You're riding on a cliff wall. I mean, there, there's a trail on it, but, you know, sometimes parts of the trail, you know, you're, it's big enough for your handlebars with exposure on the other side. Oh so, man. <laughs> I'm going through and, you know, you know, riding that fine line of, of confidence and fear and uh, uh, getting a little hot spot, bump off a of boulder, lose my balance. Uh, I'm riding clipped in at the time, and I'm just trying to get my foot unclipped so I can just regain my balance Well, I end up going over the bar. I couldn't do that, obviously. Went over the bars everything kind of went fuzzy and the next thing I remember I'm hanging off a 200 plus foot cliff over the Colorado River on a canyon wall and uh, a lot of things went through my head at that moment (laughs) Uh, but you know I guess at that point it's like I just gotta you know I gotta climb back up you know because I'm still alive so I managed to get myself back up and Needless to say, I walked my bike for about a quarter of a mile after that because it rattled me pretty deep, Uh, you know, thought about my kids and my wife and how stupid I was, you know, for that moment. But, uh, you know, in that moment, I realized, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And, uh, you know, I was like, God, there's gotta be a better solution because that day that I was riding, I was, you know, performance is, what I had on my mind. I wanted to be clipped to my bike because I was going to be in some tough areas and needed that connection. So I chose the clips over the flats that day. And so I just started brainstorming at that point that, you Mm -hmm. know, there's got to be a solution to this. And uh, so eventually I did have an aha moment about six months later after working on the project which I don't know if you want to get into that or not. It's not an exciting story, but it was how the, the, the magnets were discovered, the contraption, the main piece of the pedal. Uh, so I just got to work, and then I sold my shares in the restaurant industry that next year uh, in sixteen, and then I've been focusing on R&D ever since then on, on the uh, pedals.
1: And <laughs> That's a lot of fun. You know, we'll dive into the details later. Okay. Um, but that's an amazing story. I want to tell the listeners, first of all, if you've never mountain biked before and you don't know anything about it, you don't have to bike like that. That's optional, right? You don't have to do <laughs> narrow trails on 200 foot high cliffs, but you can, that's out there for you, right?
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, everybody though.
1: oh man, <laughs> well, Craig, it sounds to me like you got the idea scared into you. It's what it sounds like.
3: <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. So just that that's the tickler. We'll come back to that. So but for you mountain bikers out there, what what Craig has is a pedal that uses rare earth magnets to hold your foot in place. So you can ride a platform pedal where you can release in any direction and it it keeps your foot anchored like you want it to be, but gives you the added safety of being able to get off of it when you need to. So we'll we'll talk all about that in a little bit. But I want to talk about mountain biking a little. And Craig, I have a, a similar story, though no, not quite as dramatic, and it didn't cause me to start a new company, but <laughs> <laughs> I was biking on Deer Creek up at Crested Butte, and my sons are racers, so they left me behind, of course. So I was alone, and I got to a place where the trail was narrow, and there was a very, very steep bluff instead of a cliff. Um, but I just got offline because of a rock on the trail, and so I tried to come to a stop and put my foot down, but I messed up with my clip-in pedal and exactly. I, I tumbled. I, I went down the bluff and tumbled several times. I cut my wrist to the bone and broke a rib, but I was okay. I was able to ride on out of there, but it was probably in part to the pedals I was using. So there you go. Same story.
3: Exactly. And, you know, like you said, everybody that's mountain biked, has a similar story, has, has the story that is connected to a Clipples pedal, no pun intended, but Clipples pedals are great. Don't get me wrong.
1: Oh, no, I, I use them right now because I don't have yours yet, but, and I do like them a lot, and, and around here we call it a, a pedal flop. And what well, that yeah. means is you can't get your foot out of the pedal, so you fall over. <laughs> so it's a pedal flop, right? Exactly. Which, if you're not moving very fast, is, is funny to laugh at, but if you're hauling, it could be a problem. So Tyler, why did you get into mountain biking?
2: Uh, I mean, for me, really, you know, as a little kid, as as far as I can remember, I mean, I was glued to a bike. I mean, I was riding wheelies up the street, and the people in our little local town that I grew up in, they all called me the Wheelie King because <laughs> I was just riding a wheelie everywhere I went. Um, but really, when I was living in Southern California, I was you know really into motocross, and that was that kind of consumed all my my time and focus, but then I started getting more into the mountain biking. I had a good friend, um, Cody Phillips, who he's, uh, heavily involved in the industry and, uh, really, really fast racer, but he, we were on the same soccer team. So he kind of got me more into the mountain biking world. And then I just, I fell in love. I mean, to me, I loved, you know, riding motorcycles, their blast, but there's something about mountain biking that it just, I don't know. It's hard hard to explain, but it's just the feeling you get when you're out on the trail and it's just magical. Plus, I mean, typically when you're out riding, it's with people that are like-minded and, you know, it's just, to me, that's, it's everything for me, but. You know, I've noticed, you know, there's, there's usually a
1: motorized and a non-motorized component to almost every outdoor sport. Some people love the motorized bit and I say more power to you. But I have leaned toward the non-motorized on almost everything. Even the ski lifts now are getting replaced with climbing skins. You know what I mean? I, yes. More and more, I find the, the way it opens up everything, it's quiet, it's peaceful, it's focused. I'm getting better exercise.
2: I, is that what, what drew you in, Tyler? I think so. I mean, because, you know, when you're riding at a motocross track, for example, I mean, you have, you know, 25 pounds of gear on and the motor and you're just you know it's you have to be so focused you can't really like take a second to even look at something else because it's just it's so fast-paced and you know wide open where as mountain biking you know you have those moments where you're you know on the gas but for the most part you can stop enjoy the scenery you're talking you know you're climbing up the hill and you're chatting and you're talking about you know, new bike parts and trails and
3: talking about bikes is really
2: what it is. But to me, there's just something about that. And it's, you know, my, my dad, he's turning 60 in about a month and he's, you know, hardcore into riding my mom. Uh, I mean, they love it. And to me, it's just something I can do with my parents and uh, my girlfriend. She's, you know, she got into mountain biking and I don't know. It's just, it's a fun
0: it's a great community yeah
2: it's it's good people really too is i agree i agree completely and i i've met
1: hundreds of mountain bikers of course living in gunnison and man you meet people on the trail and they're just you know grins ear to ear everyone's in a great mood they're doing something they love to do and they're all so supportive and fun it it's a cool community really
2: cool yeah. community so
3: that vibe's contagious yeah well, it's,
2: Meditating too. I mean yeah. you could have a million problems going on and you know, you go out and ride and they're all gone yeah, for, yeah You're not thinking you about know, anything. You're
3: you gotta be in a meditative state not biking, so, right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you focus.
3: <laughs> it's game on. <laughs> game on. You can't be thinking about anything else.
1: Yeah, it really is true. And you know, you can get on a wide, easy trail if you just wanna think. And yeah. it's a great way to uh have some time to sort things out, but man, you get on something a little bit narrow and gnarly and and yeah, you're going to be focused. (laughs) You're going to be focused for sure. Well, I Mm. want your perspective, guys, because since you're living in the Texas area, I came from northeastern Oklahoma and I used to play in like northwest Arkansas all the time, but I was there before mountain biking had really caught on. And I moved to Colorado and mountain biking has become a thing, right? But I don't Mm. know what it's like Back there now, and I know Tyler, you uh, you did the Arkansas Enduro Series. Actually, did well with that.
2: Um, what is mountain biking like in other places away from Colorado? Now, you know, I I think it's just growing so much, and you look at places like you know north northwest Arkansas, where the you know Walmart Foundation has put in you know millions and millions of dollars into the trail system, and it's it's just amazing to see because you you get out in the trail and you see families and kids and you know, it's promoting a healthy lifestyle, and it's. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy what they have up there—the miles of trail and you know quality trail. Um, and even here in Texas, you know we have a lift access bike park now outside of Austin year round, and you know there's, you'd be surprised how many trails there are, and you know the mountain bike clubs, and you know there's really you know, a big presence of it here and.
3: Yeah, it's the third largest mountain bike population in the country. Wow! And of course, Texas is huge. Yeah, you got to take that in consideration. But,
2: but yeah. no, I think, and you know, in these you know the days we're in now, I think a lot of people are wanting to get outside more, and you know, I think it's been growing, but I think even more so now. I think it's just, you know, people go out and ride, and then they're hooked. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty easy to get catch the fever. And it doesn't matter how old you are, because we all have that inner kid inside of us.
3: Well, I think that's the beauty
2: of it, though. Yeah, it it brings out your... Yeah,
3: you got, you know, there could be a 15-year-old, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old, and there could be a 75-year-old, you know, you're riding with that same day. And I think that's special.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, I have a, a friend that I used to ride road bikes with all the time. And we did a lot of that growing up, before mountain biking was a thing in Oklahoma. And a while back, he looked at me and he said, man, you won't catch me on a mountain bike. He says, I like to I like to keep my collarbone and my arms intact, you know. And he was talking about how dangerous it felt to him. But, you know, I bring that up because I've done the research. And mountain biking, I like to say it gives you more thrill with less risk than other forms of riding. And the reason is because generally you're going slower and crashes are usually not terribly Damaging, but you get hit by a car, man—that's a problem. So, I did the research. Mountain biking is much safer than road riding. Did you guys know yeah. that? Uh, I—I
2: I'd, I'd would mean, that makes sense though, because yeah. you know, it's... well, I
3: mean, yeah, because I like—I've so had crashes on road bikes at fifty-five miles an hour. Oof! And yeah, I, yeah, without a doubt. And there's nothing worse than road rash, which <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> but yeah, car, I mean, cars to me, it's like yeah, you know, take,
3: yeah, that's it doesn't you matter how cautious
2: cars. and you know how much you're paying attention. All it takes is yeah. one person to, you know, swerve a little bit and, you know.
3: But there's yeah. there's a certain magical thing about road biking too. If you really want to turn things off and focus on something, because you don't, you know, like mountain biking, you have so many elements coming at you, you know, perpetually. You know, road biking, you can kind of get in a zone and turn off.
2: Yeah, I can see that. But also, yeah, I, mean, I think gravel bike too, you know, that's yeah. something that I myself, which I mean, I still, mountain biking to me is number one, but, you know, I've gotten more into gravel biking just for a different form of training. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just fun. another.
3: Yeah, it's fun, especially with a group of people.
1: Well, so. and Ty, you just brought something up that I was wanting to bring up anyway, and that is, there are a lot of different kinds of mountain biking. Matter of fact, the word mountain biking is probably kind of a misnomer at this point because <laughs> how many different types of quote unquote mountain bikes are there designed for different terrain types and different areas? Yeah. And then you just talked about the hybrid between the two, the gravel bike, which is like kind of like the the road bike that can go on the dirt roads, right?
3: Right.
2: Correct. Yep. Yeah. Even I've even taken them on single track. Yeah, actually, and
3: that's that's one of our rides. We'll do, you know, 15 miles out, and then it ends in a, a bike park. We do a lap around the bike park on the gravel bikes, and then we come back. You so, and it's a uh, it's a lot of fun on the single track. <laughs> oh, yeah. <it's> <laughs> you feel like a knife cutting through the woods.
1: <laughs> well, you know. I we we were talking about I think when you guys were here how much mountain biking is niched down so you have, you know you have downhill bikes you have enduro bikes you have trail bikes of different levels you know you have cross country bikes now you've got gravel bikes what did I leave out
2: you know no oh, yeah there's yeah. there's so many different bikes <laughs> yeah. and you know they're constantly
3: there's hybrids up top of hybrids. <laughs>
1: well the beauty of that i think is that there is a bike that was made for where you live no matter where you live there's a bike that was made for that and that's kind of the point you don't have to you be in the mountains quote unquote to mountain bike maybe we should call them off-road bikes or trail bikes or something (laughs) i don't know i guess trail bike is taken right
3: (laughs) tasty dirt rocks
1: yep that's it dirt and rocks although it is fun to get two or three thousand verts and then come back
2: down that again, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. to it's, me personally that's my that's my absolute favorite is you know, especially somewhere like Crest Butte, Gunnison, where it's so beautiful I mean it's just it's painful when you're climbing up, but it's it's also magical because you know you have the scenery and you can hear elk and you know certain times of the year, and you really earn your descent, which yeah,
3: you gotta earn your turns but but it's totally worth it. And just remember the summit's the only, only the halfway point.
1: (laughs) You know, they say you should save like two thirds of your energy for going down when you're mountain climbing, because you don't really know what you're going to run into.
3: That's right. Especially in the Rockies. Yep, Going downhill is almost as hard as going uphill.
1: (laughs) Okay. So since you guys are in Texas and you've traveled to find the mountain biking meccas that you enjoy, um, Name five places that you like to ride. What do you think are the five best places you've been?
3: Uh, together or separately?
2: Uh, independently. It doesn't matter. We'll let you guys fight it out. I think we'd both agree on our number one, which honestly would have to probably be Hartman. Yeah. For
3: Hartman.
2: me, at least, would be Hartman Rocks because
3: love Hartman Rocks.
2: It's there's just something about it. I mean, it's so diverse, and you could, you know you can if you want to go down something super techy and gnarly. You can do that you can also just have a super fun flowy easier ride and it's just you know it's got miles and miles of trails and it's it never gets boring to me yeah um
3: and it changes colors throughout the day
2: so i think i think <laughs> that would probably be number one which yeah okay. to me i mean i concur crested butte which i know it's just up the road but that's another place it's just probably the most scenic you know i've ridden in austria and you know been in peru and all these other places and to me it's i, I still think that crested butte is it's more you know it's is prettier in my opinion but uh so i think that had to be up there um
3: bentonville
2: yeah bentonville is another one that because you know here in texas we're only about six hours um to bentonville and arkansas, I mean, have, arkansas correct yes and it's it's just unreal what they have up there. I mean, it's
3: Walt it's Disney for mountain bikes. They're, they're building a mile
2: a day and it's, you know, flowy burned out rock features. I mean, it's just it's pretty incredible what they're doing up there. But so I think Bentonville definitely is, is on that list. Um, what I mean, about so Moab?
1: Don't... Where does Moab come in there?
3: Moab. I, I love going to Moab. So you know moab would be in my top uh, easily top 5 probably top 3 and, and it depends what time of the season too and you want to hit, you want to hit moab in you know fall or spring summers are brutal in the high desert
1: well i was sure. uh, I was personally happy that you guys mentioned Hartman rocks because of course that's my favorite, but I can't say that. Cause I live here. I'd be biased. That's, <laughs> you know, that's Gunnison's mini Moab is what we call it. Right. <laughs>
3: exactly. I think that's why I like it so much. Cause it's, you know, cause lots of parts of Moab, you know, you got, there's travel time and, uh, you know, Hartman's is right on the edge of Gunny. You can ride your bike to it. You can go grind out some miles. You can have some wee, wee. <laughs> 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 you, know, you can just challenge yourself in so many different ways there. It's, or if you just want to grind miles out on some fire roads, you can do that. At some of the, you know, the flowy single track up top. But, you know, I say it's a, it scratches all the itches.
1: Yeah, it really has just a little bit of everything. And what's crazy is that the riding in CB is, is world-class and that's, you know, 30 minutes up the road and it's completely different than Hartman rocks. So yeah,
3: yeah, you got yeah. high desert, you got high Alpine, 30 minutes apart. It's the perfect place for mountain bike enthusiasts.
1: Yeah. And Hartman's opens early in the, in the season and stays open late as a rule. So we get a lot of months of riding in there too, especially for such a snowy place.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then you you even get the, you know, fat biking in the winter. Yeah.
3: Which that's a totally different thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if the listeners know, but fat bikes go on snow and they actually groom trails at Hartman's in the wintertime. So the fat bikes have places to ride. So it doesn't stop when the snow comes.
3: (laughs) You just got to be a little tougher. (laughs) 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 Dress well.
1: Well, hey, Tyler. I, I rode with you and I saw how you can ride that wheelie or that manual and all that kind of stuff. You are technically an excellent rider, So I want to ask you this question. Um, what are three things that mountain bike riders should do to improve their game?
2: Um, I think, you know, obviously just, you know, practice and time on the bike. I mean, for me, it just, from a young age, I just was always on my bike. You know, I, I wasn't, I couldn't sit in front of the TV, you know, as a kid, I just, I was always outside riding. And I think for me, especially like wheeling, you, just, you get that balance point, And then from there, you just, it almost feels like, you know, the bike's part of my legs when I'm walking, you know, it's just, <laughs> I feel connected to my bike and it's, I know what it's going to do. And, you know, it gives you that extra control. But I also think, you know, riding with, you know, more advanced riders, you know riding behind them and watching what they're doing you you just kind of pick up on things and learn I don't know I mean I think I just really think you know just just spending the time on the bike and you know everybody's I don't think you have to get too far into being super super technical with your form I think everybody's kind of got their own style I just think it's spending the time on the bike I mean really that's that's the biggest thing is you know you go out and ride and then you you want to hit that drop or you want to hit that jump and you just keep working towards that and just, you know, constantly build, which for me, I mean, a lot of it motocross is what really, you know, made me comfortable fast on a mountain bike is, you know, cause I was used to the high, the high speeds and, you know, bigger jumps. And so that made me comfortable on a mountain bike, but, but I think that's really just putting the time in and then riding with somebody that's, you know, little bit faster and you learn from you know riding behind them and just kind of go from there that's
3: always what i've done is always ride with people faster than me but i still can't catch them but you know (laughs) it's it's just you know the vision the the dream's still there
1: (laughs) yeah man i'm with you i i have found something interesting i started mountain biking kind of in earnest in like 2015 i guess maybe five or six years ago. I did a little writing before that, but that's when I really got into it. But you know, I've, I've got five solid years of doing this a lot and there's no end. I can't, oh, right. I don't, I don't think I will ever find a point where I would, I could say, okay, I've learned how to do this. I, it just, there's more and more and more. It's a lifetime adventure, always improving. You know what I mean?
3: And I think that's one, like you said, that's one of the beauties of it. It's, you know, you can do it, you know, Really, as long as you're alive, and there is no ceiling.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So, Craig, I, what about things that would make you a better rider? Have you had some breakthroughs where you're like, "Wow, that was a big deal. I got to tell people, try this."
3: <laughs> well, people always ask me how how do you get faster on the mountain bike, and my philosophy is pretty simple: ride with people faster than you. Yeah, you, know what I mean? <laughs> so, you can train all you want, but. You know, it's kind of like going to school. You know, you can learn stuff from school, but the real world the real world teaches you more, and uh, that's where you really learn. And you know, like I say I I ride with a lot of dudes that are, you know, pro level riders, and that you know I'm still not the greatest writer, <laughs> but I uh, I learn every day, and that's just that excites me. You know what what am I going to whether it be a fear that I'm going to conquer that day, a piece of trail that's kind of got into my head and, you know, riding with somebody that can hit that line. And then I follow him in, you know, and that's like with Ty, there are so many things in the last couple of years that he's taken me through that scared the, you know, you know what out of me, but the high fives and the hell yeahs after it, <laughs> you know, that's are priceless.
1: Yeah. yeah. Good
3: time. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it's just mountain biking is all those things that you just there's certain aspects you just got to get comfortable with. And, you know, it's overcoming fear, a lot of it. Getting out of your head, you know, is the biggest thing. Uh, vision, you know, what I notice a lot of mistakes people make when they're riding bikes is they're looking down in front of them instead of looking ahead of them. And, you know, that's another good thing when you're riding with somebody else is you focus on their back wheel because you know, we don't trust our peripheral like we should. And our, you know, our peripherals is very accurate. And so when you're going through a rock garden and you look down at a rock, you know, nine times out of 10, you're gonna hit that rock. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> actually, you know back in the motorcycle days, my, my grandpa, I mean, he's with one long, I mean, he raced motorcycles into his seventies. And that's one thing he always said is, you know, you're, you're gonna go where you look. So if you're looking at a rock, you're going to hit the rock.
3: <laughs> gonna, that's where you're going. But if you're
2: looking ahead and you're looking at, you know, where you're, you want to go, you're going to go there. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a good thing to take away is if you are riding, don't, you know, look where you want to go. Don't yeah. look at that rock or that, you know, if there's a line where there's a smooth line down the right and then it's all rocky and, you know, drops off on the left and you're staring at the left side and still moving, <laughs> you're, you're probably going to go <laughs> off the left side. So. <laughs> yeah but that's just thing i mean you learn and you you know constantly learn it's you know i still feel like every time i go out and ride you know constantly learning and
3: figure out a tweak or yeah you just know, but yeah it's all balance and vision
1: you know there's a lesson for life there too yeah, we've said this before on the adventure sports podcast but it's worth bringing up again and and that is we do end up where we look so when you know when people focus on the thing they want to stop doing in life they still go where they look but if you can find an alternative and put your focus on something that's healthy that's where you want to be in life you're going to go where you look and that's That's yeah. one of the beautiful things about mountain biking, actually, that might be the focus that will get you out of some rut, you know, because it gives yeah. you something worth uh, worth doing, worth fighting for, getting healthier for, to enjoy more, all that kind of stuff. I mean, people need um, something to pursue sometimes. And maybe it's mountain biking. It is for some people, you know.
3: That's yeah, worked yeah. for us, yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: fun. Okay. We were talking and we gave the teaser about the pedals, but we should probably explain what they are because the mountain bikers out there are kind of like, well, yeah, I understand my SBDs and my egg beaters or whatever, you know, sometimes they don't do what I want, but the flats don't give me the power I need. So you set out to solve these two problems. So tell us about that.
3: Uh, awesome, Kurt. Yes. It, so basically what we focused on was trying to pull the attributes of our traditional confusingly named Cloakless pedal and the freedom and the, the confidence that a flat pedal provides. We wanted to bring those attributes into a pedal in the middle. And so uh, after having an aha moment and discovering a neodymium magnet and how freaking powerful those guys are, uh, we started building a pedal around you know neodymium magnets and uh we have about three years of and r d well actually four years now of r d in the pedal system so by you know no means is it perfect i think there's we're going to keep making it better but we have a pedal that we're ready to launch and basically it's a it's a it rides like a flat pedal it's, it gives you the comfort the stability of a flat pedal you can still weigh your bike. You can still dab in corners instinctually. There is no muscle memory, such as a clipless pedal, uh, but you have a connection uh, utilizing the ne- neodymium magnets. Uh, there are s- uh, 128 pounds of pull force per each pedal, and the polarity is north and south. So you know what that means is the poles are up and down, and so long as you're moving up and down on the magnets they retain attention. But as soon as you break that polarity and start moving east or west or you know front or back, you can break break that attachment. And so, you know, in short, there are flat pedals that ride like clip pedals and clipless pedals that ride like flat pedals because it's they're instinctual. You don't have to think about clipping out. If you get in one of those moments, you know, like in clipless when you change the physics of the, you know, of the motion. Which we've all learned, you know, it's a you can step in and have a clipless all day long as long as you're riding around, you know, on some flat, easy single track or on the street or something. But as soon as you change the the geometry and the physics, and then things get scary, they're a heck of a lot harder to get out of. And with the rim pedal system, it's instinctual. You you do it without thinking.
1: You know, I've interviewed a lot of riders over the years. And a lot of them told me, yeah, I used to use clipless pedals where I'd be locked in. Back when I used to race this or that, when I was cross-country or when I was... But now I just ride flats. And I said, well, why'd you switch to flats? They said, well, we got on more of cross-country trail, narrow trail riding and where you really need to be able to get in and out better. And I just found that the flat pedal gives me that much more even though I give up some power, it gives me that much more control. Right.
3: Key. Yes. Right. And the confidence is the, is the big thing, but you know, again, you know, we're, we're not here to replace the clipless pedal. We're not here to replace the flat pedal. We're just creating an in-between that kind of brings, you know, the best of both worlds because I love riding flats because, you know, flats, You got to have skills to ride flats because you can get away with a lot of stuff being clipped in, and uh, you know, learning how to bunny hop, learning how to you know weigh your bike. You know, when you're clipped in, those are much easier. But when you're on flats, uh, you got to you know sharpen that skill a lot more. So you know, and that makes you a better rider long term.
2: But well, I think for me, you know, I've always rode flat pedals. I've never, I've actually never even clipped in just cuz coming from motocross i was like you know i don't want to be locked into my pedal i want you know i want the freedom and the first time i rode with you know the rem pedals i would just like i couldn't believe it cuz it's it you know it feels just like a flat pedal it feels no different than a flat pedal it's comfortable but then just having that added connection it just it gives you that little bit more of you know you can throw the bike around a little bit more uh, you can, you know, you get that little extra help bunny hopping or coming into a tight corner and going to lift your back end up. And, you know, you get all these little things that just, you know,
3: ch- in the chunder and the rock gardens. Yeah. And it's just, you know, connected.
2: with flats, you get, you know, every once in a while you can be going through some really rocky, gnarly stuff and your feet can slip off and then you gash your shins up. <laughs> <laughs> right. It helps with that too, you know, and it's, and as far as just pedaling, you know, climbing up a fire road, just that, having that connection is is really awesome, but it's really easy to get back on at the same time because if you do pull your foot off to dab it in a corner, you know, there's whereas clipless, you know, there's one one fixed. You know, there's no really room for for air. Whereas with the REM pedal, it's even if your plates only, you know, halfway onto the magnet body, you're still having connection you still have that flat pedal so you you know you're not going to uh, lose your footing and then you can just kind of slide your foot back into place when it's you know safe to do so so it's for me it's i feel like i've become a better rider just riding with the pedals just having that extra connection but still keeping that flat pedal feel cuz that's to me yeah. i i just love that feel on a bike
3: yeah, yeah cuz the pedals were designed for you know dh and enduro That's, you know, that was our, that's our target. Uh, But, you know, what we found is, you know, it's going to, we feel it's going to go much further than that. I think it's going to hit, you know, cross country, you know, maybe not the hardcore racer, but 99% of the XC riders out there, it's going to make their, it's going to enhance their ride. And especially those that, you know, ride in more technical Uh, it gives you that confidence knowing that you can get out and get back on and not lose a pedal stroke
1: well I love the idea I tell you my story when we moved to Gunnison um, you know I was a couple three years into mountain biking and, and I was trying to ride SPDs whenever I was on what I would call a true cross-country trail that wasn't too techie but then I was putting my flats on when we got here because there's a lot of techie stuff and my skill set wasn't good enough and So I was riding flats, but I felt slow because I liked the extra torque I got out of the SPDs, you know, the clipless pedals. But then, because my sons were racing, they kept going with the SPDs, and then I couldn't keep up with them. (laughs) And so (laughs) I eventually, my skill set increased, and I put my clipless pedals back on in an effort to try to keep up with my sons. And now I don't go back to the flat pedals very often but I still would love to have that flexibility. And it seems to me that you guys have, have kind of come up with a solution that does both. And that's what I think is so cool because I would love it for doing some really techie trails and know that I can get my foot on anytime I want to. It's not going to get stuck, you know, with my, uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced this with, with my, excuse me, with my clipless pedals, uh sometimes in dry or sandy conditions you know sand and grit and stuff builds up in the pedal while you ride and then when you have to come out you're kind of stuck in i mean you can get out but it takes like twice or triple the force have you ever experienced that very much and so that that's a scary drawback to the clipless pedals and i see this as a solution because that's not going to happen with your system
3: correct that's it's an all smooth surface
1: Man, that is super cool. All right, so I've got to ask a question. Someone else is going to be out there wanting to ask this, so I have to represent the listener here. Um, You know, you go to some of these health fairs and stuff, and people sell magnet bracelets that, you know, are supposed to help your health somehow. And I don't (laughs) think anything's ever been established, but people use magnets for health reasons. So it brings up the question, what about the magnets in health? Is there anything to be concerned about or favorable?
3: Uh, We haven't found anything, you know, I mean, obviously the thing that always comes up is, you know, Chinese have been using it for some time, putting it on their feet to pull negative ions out of the body. Uh, We haven't done any personal studies on it as of yet. It's just basically stuff that we've, you know, researched and whatnot. And, you know, I think, you know, really neodymium magnets are in their infancy in the states they're using a multitude of applications you know computers cell phones uh, speakers car speakers home speakers uh they're used in tons of stuff and uh so you know scientifically speaking i can't answer that has it done any i mean have we found any harms you know it hasn't cleared my cell phone you know, it, did, it hasn't wiped the uh, disc dry on it. Uh, it hasn't hurt my computer. <laughs> are magnets, but, you know. it's, it's hurt our
2: fingers a couple of times. Yeah, that's about the worst part. Between, but.
1: <laughs> don't get your finger between the, the metal plate and the magnet. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, I think, you know, if you have the pedals off the bike and you, you I mean, you don't realize how strong they are and if they <laughs> grab together and your fingers are in between, I mean, it's going to,
1: you know it. <laughs>
2: <You
1: know. laughs> well they need to be that strong to work on the bike well i think Correct. what you're saying there there are many things out there that people have created kind of a uh, urban myth around you know and I, I magnets for health i don't know what that means but the bottom line is we know it, it it's not a big deal because it's been established that it's not a big deal and we don't know if i mean maybe your pedals will help maybe by yeah. riding these things you know there's going to be some benefit you guys discover someday but i had to throw it out there because i know some people are wondering
2: I think too, with like, as far as knee you know, knee pain and, and whatnot with clipless, you know, it can, it's not a natural motion. So it is like just with riding on our, you know, inside trainers at home, you know, notice that, you know, after switching from the clipless to the, the REM pedals, you know, the knees weren't hurting as bad. Yeah. Cause you have more natural movement. Cause the, the pedal really has endless flow, yeah, you know, there's, limited. so you can move your, even when you're you know, have that connection, you can still move your foot around and it's not, you know, putting added stress on your knees. So, you know, again, there's no, we have no scientific backing on that, but that's just from, you know, what we feel.
1: Well, it makes sense to me. I mean, I keep my clipless pedals loose so that I can change yeah. the angle that I'm pedaling. Cause I have had some knee issues from bad knee position, mountain biking, and it's hard to fix the knee position if your foot's locked in too tight, you know? So having that full float, that means you can put your foot at any position. That sounds good. Actually.
3: Yeah. Outside of that, you know, we, you know, we, we are good at back, you know, we are working with shoe pedal interfaces. Uh, We're, we have some scientific stuff that we will be diving into. Uh, We have somebody that just joined the team. uh, Who's a biomechanic industrial engineer. And uh, he did his thesis on pedal shoe interface. And so we will be working with the labs at CU, uh, Colorado University. And, uh, you know, because we want to prove every, We want to back everything with science moving right. forward. And, you know, we do have some other ideas, uh, cooking. But, you know, because we're going to, you know, we're going to run into some people that are, you know, they're just not going to believe what we're doing and all that. And, you know, and that's the world we live in but we are going to back a lot of our stuff with science. So, and maybe someday we'll get to that, the health part of
1: it. Maybe it'll uh, keep COVID-19 at bay. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, we could use some COVID help right now. You never know. You never know. Well, how can people get more information if they want to try your pedals or learn more about them? Where do they go?
2: Uh, well, we have, uh, you know, our social media on Instagram, it's just hustle bike labs. Um, we, we try to stay pretty relevant on that. Um, and also our website is just hustle bike com. and you can go there and sign up for our newsletter, which we don't bombard people. We just, you know, every once in a while, we just kind of keep them up to date with, you know, where we're at and what we're looking at for as far as availability and whatnot. So, and their feedback.
3: Yeah, because we're wanting as much feedback as possible. That interaction with with our customers, that, that's very important to us.
1: Well, that's great. And what I like about your website, I'm looking at it right now, is just you can see the whole thing, right? You can look at it and see how it works. And, and uh, yeah, it, it looks like a fantastic system. So, anyway, very cool.
2: Thank yeah, you, and, Kurt. And hopefully soon you'll be able to go on there and actually buy the pedals. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're
3: still – yeah, covid 19s really – bit of kink in the manufacturing world and, and for the outdoor industry as a whole. So, you know, we, we were supposed to launch in spring and here we are still at the end of the prototype phase, trying to get to that manufacturing spot. So our goal is still to launch this year, but, you know, we can't make a promise.
1: Yeah. A lot of the distribution channels got jammed up because the, the shipping centers got shut down manufacturing got shut down and then came back at, you know, a trickle of the pace that it was before. And everything is, you know, I think people understand we're all living in that world right
2: now. Well, and, and the demand is, you know, probably higher than it's ever been right now because you, know, you go to your local bike shops and it's, it's hard to find a bike, you know, because when all this happened, people wanted to get outside and, you know, a bike's a great way to do it, yeah, and I, you know, which I think has been, it's going to be good for the sport because you're going to have all these new people that, you know, I've gotten outside that have never, you know, maybe rode. And Then they start realizing, you know, the health benefits and how fun it is. And then, you awesomeness
3: know. of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: it is a good time. And
1: I, I personally feel like it's one of the healthiest things you can do. And it, a couple of reasons why is when you're mountain biking. It's like you're you're almost always doing intervals, you know. You you're going up something, you're going down something, you're going flat, you're going curvy, you're going up, you're going flat. You're going down, you know what I mean? And it it just takes your body through all the paces and the cardio workout is amazing.
3: Oh, Man. Enough.
1: It's world Especially, class.
3: <laughs> but yeah, and then just the pure fact that you know, it puts you in a meditative state, you know. That's that's powerful in its own.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's, Healthy for your mind, yeah. you know, as much as it is for the rest of your body.
3: But it forces you to be in, if you're not in a meditative state, then something's going to go wrong.
1: Yep. Yep. It's, it's really good for clearing the stress out and letting your body flow more smoothly. So again, the website is hustlebikelabs.com. You can see the pedal there soon. You'll be able to order one guys. Thanks for coming on the adventure sports podcast and sharing it with us. I think this is a really cool system.
2: Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah. yeah. It was a
3: pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kurt. It was awesome riding with you and thank you for taking the time to do this. And, uh, we will see you next month.
1: Next month. Fantastic. I was going to ask when you're going to be out here. Let's plan some rides.
3: Absolutely. We will be there. All right. Forward to it.
1: Very cool for all you listeners out there. Hey, until the next show, make sure you get out there and have some fun. Maybe it's mountain biking. Give it a try.
0: First of all,